Hello, come in. Please don't be nervous. You're welcome here. I know. I've seen you a couple of times. I think you couldn't decide whether you were going to come in or not. No, it's alright. Sometimes it's hard to take that step. And maybe you're worried that we won't understand. That your problem is too big or too strange. Trust me, we may not know all of the answers, but we are here to help you. We don't turn anyone away. That's right. Are you ready to come in for your conversation? Good, I'm glad. Did you bring your prescription with you? Oh, thank you. Let me see. A star child? Yes, of course we can fill this prescription here. I am so glad you decided to come in. I have a certified conversationalist in right now. If you're ready. It's alright. Take your time. It'll be okay. When you're all set, take your prescription and go right through that door there. He's ready for you. Good afternoon and good evening and welcome. Please come in. Yes, yes, I am burning some incense. I hope you like the smell. It's like an apple. Let me see here. I have the container right here. It's one of my favorites. Well, actually, I'm not burning apple. I'm burning pa patchouli. I don't know what patchouli is. But boy, I do like the smell of it. Is it too much? Or do you like it? Hmm. It's nice. Yeah, here you smell right out of the container what it really smells like. I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Would you like a drink? Here's a bottle of water. Yeah. Did you, did you bring... You did? And you showed her your prescription out there, out front? Okay, let me see that real quick. All right. Oh, my goodness. Are you serious? This is your prescription. You believe in star children. Believe it or not, I know just a tiny bit about people of the stars. I don't know a lot. I've only met one. They're almost like spirits. Ghosts walking among us. Do you have a problem with one? Uh, a negative reaction or... Um, 
Were you frightened by seeing one in their true form? Oh, okay. So, you were startled when you discovered someone you were in love with was a star child, and you saw them in their true form. Okay. Well, not everybody understands that, that uh, there are these creatures. They're long-lived. Some of them have lived for millions of years. I mean, in one way, we are all star children. We're born of the dust of the settled expanse of the universe. All the dust, all the debris of the formation of stars spins and spins and coalesces into planets, moons. And over millions and billions of years, planets form. And out of that, civilizations rise and fall. We measure life and time and human existence in in the blink of an eye, in a space of 75, 80 years. A human being is born and lives and dies. But in the universe, that's just... That's the life of a fruit fly. Not even that. It's like you blink and we're already gone. But there are creatures that are long-lived. They walk among us. They are truly beautiful. Truly unique. Each and every one of them just a little different than the next. I call them star children, children of the universe, angels, legendary creatures. They used to write stories about them. Zeus, Apollo, Aphrodite, Mercury, the Romans, the Greeks. They found these people and discovered them along the way, thought they were gods. They made up pantheons for them, stories, legends, the great Hercules. The Egyptians even worshipped them. But as time went on, the people of the stars wanted to be left alone, live in anonymity, for fear that man would reject them, much in the same way you did in your experience when you saw this star child. You snapped back to reality. It frightened you. I think I need to tell you a story. And it's almost unbelievable, but I am Dr. Andrew Michaels, and I am a time traveler. I've lived many lives just like a slow train coming down the track. I have plotted along one station at a time, picking up stories, meeting creatures, 
from other worlds, other places, other realities. And I've always tried to make everyone feel welcome. You know, it's hard enough on earth to get all the people here to agree on anything. But I see hope every day. And I try to build on it. So maybe if I tell you a story about a creature that was alone and sad and unique and you find out all it really wanted was just to be loved to be accepted to be cherished maybe it'll help you understand why you were so scared and help you get over your reaction and maybe you can go back to that one that you loved and express those feelings better. And I do know apologies go a long way. Even with immortal creatures. And you might want to ask yourself, why would an immortal creature want to have a relationship with a mortal man or woman? Why? Because just like us, they fall in love too. People don't always look for love. They don't look for romance. They are too busy with their work schedule, too busy with their life, raising children. Careers get in the way. I don't have time for this. I don't have the energy for it. When I met this person, I wasn't looking for Romance, love. <laughs> I never thought I'd go on another date the rest of my life. And I didn't think anybody wanted to go on a date with me. But there she was. Beautiful. Youthful. Perfect. In every way. She didn't allow me to be a old, fuddy-duddy. She didn't allow me to gripe and whine about my age, my aches and pains, my injuries that life had given me. We were too busy talking, getting to know each other, and against my own will, <laughs> I'm telling you, and it wasn't her fault. I think I fell in love. I didn't want to. I wasn't looking for it. it. wasn't something I wanted in my life. But I did fall in love. And this creature, for lack of a better word, this legendary goddess of a million worlds, in a million lifetimes. She told me she was 35 million years old. Can you believe that? And she said she was young. Young in the universe. 
She thought I could see her true self because I called her an angel. I had no reference point to, no way of comparing her to anything else. I thought she was an angel, something not of this creation, something of another world. But in my mind, she was just a regular female, human. She looked like a lady. She acted like one. She was a wonderful person. And I just talked, chalked up my feelings towards her as infatuation. That I was obsessed with this angel, for lack of a better term. And I made her nervous. She kept asking me why I would touch on these supernatural subjects words and references, why I would describe things in cosmic ways. Maybe subconsciously my mind was just picking up on what she was laying down, you know what I'm saying? And you can relate to that, can't you? Because it happened to you too. I think even the children of the stars get lonely too. They need compassion and love. I think it's part of human nature. Everyone needs to be loved, to be held, to be nurtured. The touch of a human being, this little finite fruit fly in the universe, this beautiful creature that only lives for an instant of time is so attractive to a creature that lives for millions of years because to you your perspective slows all of time down a day is like a thousand years to a human being they pack so much into a day where a creature that lives eternally just flitters away the days works on themselves, improves themselves incrementally, day by day, year by year, where a human being takes classes upon classes, works hours and hours, all in one day to advance itself, amasses a fortune of wealth and knowledge and wisdom. And it staggers an eternal creature to see this finite animal, the staggering amount of knowledge, wisdom, wealth that it accumulates in this short lifetime all too fast. It gets to the point where it can actually use and apply all of this knowledge to better its life. And it's too late. It's so old, broken down, worn out. It's ready to retire and just give up and talk about the good old days. There's a sad, finite experience that comes with being a human being that by the time you realize all of the mistakes and all of the knowledge finally comes together for you, it's too late. And to an eternal creature, that's an amazing thing to see. A creature strives so hard for life and to improve 
the world around it, only to lose it right at the peak of its powers, burning out like the spark from a flame. Like a million tiny suns launching out into the universe, only to burn out right when they achieve the struggle to bring life forward. Human beings are like that. They never give up, even in their ancient times and modern days. They always strove to improve the world around them, to improve life for their brothers and sisters. And that's why human society advances, because people didn't give up. And many knew about the star children, the immortals that walked upon the earth, saw the birth of our star from far, far away, and dreamed of when life would appear in our solar system. And their children come among us to take a mate, to experience what it means to be a human being, to be loved, to be loved so fully because you have so little time to waste. You want to grab that person that you love and hold them tight, never let them go. Experience every piece and part of them and express your eternal love, that's right, eternal love, to them every moment you can, with every breath you take. Human beings are like that. They live such a short time, but their love and their understanding of love, the concept is eternal. The love you share with another being in your lifetime is eternal. You love that favorite pet. You love your grandmother. You love your spouse. You love your children. And as you and they part this world to the next, they never leave you. You remember and love them forever. They are always in your heart. And to a creature like I met, 35 million years old, Finally, to find someone who loved them just as they are, could almost see them. I could almost see what this creature actually looked like. It was there, but I just couldn't see it. And one day, there was a door shut to a room. 
and my lover was on the other side of the door. And they said, before you come in, everything's going to be different from now on. But I want you to see me as I am. And I thought it was a strange sexual fetish or that they were, they had some sexual proclivity that would alter my thinking and how I would, what I would think of them. And I thought, well, there's nothing this person could do that would make me turn away from them or hate them. I'm not that, I'm not that kind of person. I'm not wired that way. I've always struggled to understand people who are different and unique and find things about them that are admirable and beautiful. You don't reject someone because they're different. You accept them for their unique qualities and you admire them, you study them, you you drink them in. They become a part of you. And I took the door handle and turned the knob and I opened the door and walked in. And there in the vaulted ceiling of a huge room was a creature glowing in light. Glyphs and ruins rune marks, like Norwegian runes, all over their body. They look like deep ingrained cut body art. And the skin was different. The eyes were different. I was looking at something that wasn't human. And remember, I'm Dr. Andrew Michaels, and I've seen many alien creatures. Spent much time with them. But I had never seen something. And the wings, it had wings. Not feathered, angel-like wings, but not reptile. Not. It's like it's right there in my mind, these huge wings. I can't see them now. It, when I tell you, it's there. And I start to tell you. And I start to talk to you about it. As much as I sit and listen to your story. But then it escapes me. It. The wings were, I don't know, 45 feet apart. Each one from one end of the room to the next. I mean, you're talking like 90-foot wingspan. Which makes sense to lift a creature of basically humanoid size. It wouldn't, they wouldn't be small little angel wings that we think of in popular culture. But massive, huge wings to catch the draft. And lift this creature with such tiny hands and wrists tiny little feet thin legs 
and fear all over its face. The abject fear that this creature had in its eyes. Though it was an alien, was very, a very, very human response. Human beings aren't the only creatures on this planet that can exhibit fear through their eyes. I've seen it in many creatures, but to see that gasp of breath, that tension in the muscle, that abject fear in this someone that would, I would consider someone I loved, and they were looking at me, searching my eyes, my body language, my mouth, my skin temperature, my skin color, looking for a reaction, looking for an emotional response. I have to be honest, I turned not even 90 degrees away. I fully walked in the room. I know I did. I know I walked in the room. But I turned 90 degrees. I know I walked in the room. I turned 90 degrees. And I had the door handle, the doorknob in my hand. And I was standing back in the hallway. And the door was closed. And I immediately snapped to my senses. I smelled the most beautiful scent my nose has ever felt. The tingling of the insides of my nose made my mouth water from the ecstasy of that beautiful perfumed aroma and I closed my eyes and I opened the door again and I opened them up to see my friend standing there frightened and alone back to normal I had the weirdest trouble letting go of the doorknob and walking forward I can't explain that but I just kind of had trouble letting go of the doorknob like I was letting go of reality and walking into outer space without a suit that's what it felt like and I walked a few steps across the room And I pulled my friend, my love, tight to my chest. And I put my arms around her. And I squeezed very strongly, but not too hard. And she turned her head and put it into my chest close to my heart. Her mouth breathed in and out. 
stress, fear, all that kept up emotion just released from her. And that moment lasted for so long. And I leaned down and smelled her beautiful hair pushed her back a few inches and she looked up at me with those beautiful eyes and I said, it's okay. I'm here. It's okay. It's going to be all right. And we kissed. And she knew right there that even though I had trouble comprehending what I saw, and even though my human instincts pushed me back, I bet it felt like a million years on the other side of that door, alone, that door shut, waiting for me to walk back through the other side. I bet that hurt like hell. But I didn't make her wait long. And now I was holding her. And as we kissed again, she asked if it was okay. And I said, it doesn't change a thing. It doesn't change a thing. And I know right now, looking at you, that you let go of that doorknob. You went to your doctor and you got a prescription from him. And he sent you to someone he thought could help. An astrobiologist named Dr. Andrew Michaels. Maybe I could talk some sense into you. You were standing in front of that door, weren't you? And you let go and came to me. Only you can go back. Only you can decide to leave this office right now and go back to the ones you love and choose to accept them just as they are. Faults and all differences at all. Stop seeing them as differences and seeing them as a unique creature and prove to them that you love them. I can't fix that for you. Only you can. I know it feels like a million years, but it's only been a little time since you let go of that doorknob. Believe it or not, I stood there, frozen, letting my mind recalibrate, reform what I'd seen, understand it, accept it. She told me I was standing there for five hours 
before I opened the door again. That's how long it took me. I'm not perfect. We all come up short when we are exposed to the unknown. And it takes time to get over the fear and the shock and accept something. I could see in your eyes and your emotional reaction that you're done here and you want to go back. I think you should go back. And I know for a fact your lover is still waiting for you on the other side of that door. We aren't the first people to experience this. And they know sometimes it takes a little time for people to come around. And if you think about it, it does take people time to come around to things that are different, new ideas, new things, new experiences. So this doesn't make you bad. It just makes you one of us. So I'm going to end it here and allow you to go back. Put your hand on that doorknob. And the rest is up to you. Thank you for joining us for ASMR Tirar de Huello. Please take a moment to share, rate, and review this podcast. It really does help. If you are interested in additional ASMR content, you may view our library of videos at youtube.com slash The theme song, Atlantis, is by Jason Shaw of Audionautics.com and is used by permission. Correspondence, including questions or requests, may be sent to tirardehuello at gmail.com. On behalf of Dr. Andrew Michaels, thank you.